There's over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hi, and welcome back to this week's episode of Net Zero Carbon. I'm your host, Tyler Cole, and I'm joined by Jennifer Wong of Convoy. Jennifer, how are you? I'm doing great today. How are you, Tyler? I am so excited for this conversation because it's one that, you know, we've had plenty of conversations about, and Convoy's been a great sponsor of this show, and I'm a big fan of the work you guys are doing to focus on sustainability. But you and I have never connected in this format yet, so I'm really excited for the conversation. Me too. Let me give a brief intro. You got a glowing LinkedIn stalker review, and then I want you to give the audience a little bit of a story of yourself and how you came to Convoy and where you're focused on now. But for our listeners, Jennifer is the head of sustainability at Convoy, previously head of marketing. She was a former Forbes 30 under 30 marketer. She's a board member and an adjunct professor at the University of Washington, very active in CSCMP and focusing on sustainable supply chains. And we won't go down this rabbit hole, but also the founder of the Seattle NFT Museum, which opened this year. So we'll have to have you know a whole separate Web3 supply chain crossover episode at some point in the future. How did I do? Did I get it all in? You did. You clicked um, down page a lot in my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I haven't heard some of those things in a while. And tell us how you ended up at Convoy and this yeah. focus on sustainable supply chains. Well, thanks for having me today. So I've been with Convoy for about four years now today, leading our sustainability initiatives. And for me, it's super exciting just because sustainability has been a part of who we are as a company since the very first day when we built our digital freight networks. Uh, the, uh, the output is really to be able to provide more efficiencies in a very fragmented and siloed freight industry. Uh, so today, when we look at sustainability, it's kind of in two parallel paths, where foundationally, we look at how us as employees can measure and make progress against our own environmental and social impact areas. So we really set the standards for ourselves and try to elevate it over time. So we've done things such as measure our carbon footprints, looked at areas where we can decarbonize, and we started to increase our reporting and disclosure. So we published our first sustainability report last year and our next one coming up this year. And we've also made some bigger commitments like joining the Climate Pledge as well as the United Nations Global Compact. That's kind of one aspect of sustainability. But the biggest area where I really love to spend most of my time is really with teams and people and customers to be able to talk about how we can help them further advance their sustainability objectives, since it's come up more and more frequently in our customer conversations, where uh, a lot of customers today come to Convoy knowing that they're not only going to get the the service levels and the commitments uh, on the freight side, but also the sustainability benefits as well. So there's just a lot of innovation and ideation I think that collaboration has been really fun to work across multiple teams and even supply chain partners to be able to find the right solutions that are creating new opportunities to not only reduce costs and really support drivers, um, helping them make more money with less hassle, but also seeing the carbon reduction impact as well. So it's really all coming together. It's so good. I love that. And I, I get equally excited about the sustainability, you know, broader umbrella that we get to live in because there's never 
the same day twice. You get to interact with so many different people and solve so many different problems. And I, I love what you guys are doing. I'm happy we get to dive in. And I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the customer conversations and the educational component that has to go on. Because when mm-hmm. I rewind 15 years to my days as a broker, you know, empty miles were still something we talked about, but the focus was squarely on cost and service, right? We are now in a different business climate and, and real climate where the conversation is moving much, much more towards emissions. And you guys just recently published a report that FreightWaves partnered with you on to really dive into kind of the state of understanding this problem among the shipper community. Do you want to give a high level overview of, of the findings of some of that report and then we'll dive in? Yeah, I would say the reason why we wanted to commission a report like this is because when we look at opportunities to reduce inefficiencies across the freight industries, we found that empty miles is just a huge opportunity where I think it's fairly common today where those in the freight industry know that about a third of the time the trucks on the road are driving empty. And that's just a huge waste in so many factors, whether it's wasted emissions, wasted costs, wasted utilization. So that's just a huge problem to be able to solve. And one thing that we've uh, started to realize with our digital freight technology using uh, data and insights to be able to find the best position truck for any given shipment, we're able to be able to reduce that by about 45%. And we've realized that this is a problem that every single company has. If you're shipping something on trucks, you likely have empty miles as a part of your operations. And it is a solution that's available to tackle today. And I think that's one reason why we wanted to be able to study this area a little bit further so that we can actually understand, are there specific industries or types of companies that this impacts more than others? Are there actionable takeaways that shippers can um, start addressing today? I think we just want to learn as much as possible, especially for us being a data company and wanting to provide as many actionable takeaways and follow-ups to shippers as possible, knowing that this is something that we, we saw in the survey results that most shippers, most as in, I believe, 82% know that there are empty miles and, and it is a problem for their network today, but they actually didn't believe that there's adequate solutions. And I think that's something that we want to drive more awareness around because there are solutions to be able to solve that critical problem today. And very different than, you know, decades ago when we didn't have the computing power and the visibility and the and the really low-cost solutions to try and bring more loads together if we're just talking about batching shipments, right? We now have the ability and Convoy's proven it out to really scale the the magnitude of change and you can go two, three, four loads out and really provide not only a solution for the shipper and their empty miles and their costs, but you guys cater to the, the fleets as well by providing tools for them to manage their businesses more efficiently and effectively, right? Right, exactly. I think one aspect of, the, of sustainability that we prioritize is also thinking about making the trucking industry more sustainable, not only today, but in the future. And and part of that is helping with fuel efficiency and increasing utilization so that you're able to actually make more money as a profession. Absolutely. And we all know we've got a shortage of drivers and we know that Honestly, being a truck driver is not the job for many people. It's a hard job. It's long hours. It's dealing with um, a lot of honestly being looked down upon <laughs> as a role. And you get kind of the the bad end of the stick in many cases. And you're right to say that efficiency and making more of what we have is going to make the entire ecosystem better. But specifically lifting that subset of people out of this 
just really dissatisfying profession and making it better for them where they can make more money, be more efficient, be home more and and elevate that uh, status of a truck driver to what it used to be. It used to be a source of pride for someone to be a truck driver in this country. And now there was a New York Times article this week talking about how it's like a dystopian future with Big Brother watching you everywhere we go. We, we really need tools and solutions like what Convoy is doing to help try and make that better for everybody. Yeah. And I think one thing that's interesting too is the conversation around empty miles. It's not a new conversation. Like you mentioned, it's been a conversation since back in the day. And really, it started to become popular in about the 1970s with the oil crisis, where there were rising costs of fuel and oil. And it's interesting to see maybe some of that come back to in today's world where the price of gas is rising. And now I think there's not only the pressure of reducing costs if you're a shipper or even a driver, but there's also now the, the societal awareness of the impact of carbon emissions that are another way to think about like why we need, need to solve this problem today. And today there are solutions, whereas maybe 40 years ago, there, there might not have been an easy go-to way to really solve this problem. Definitely. Yeah, shippers can plug into Convoy today and see, you know, emissions within the context of rate and service um, and, you know, plug for sonar and freight waves. They can also come into sonar and see, you know, what are the market pricing trends and get a, a GLEC compliant, you know, emissions calculation as well when they're looking at their freight procurement. Um, those tools didn't exist. They weren't there. And I think that one thing that you mentioned is like the partnership between even plugging in with Convoy data as well as Sonar. Like we hope everyone can help solve this problem. It doesn't even have to be with Convoy specifically. We have a solution out there and we even published the methodology for how we enable this capability. But we would love to see everyone help solve this problem because there is only so much that we can do today. And it, it, it is something urgent to address. It's funny that you mentioned that because I feel like the general sustainable sustainability community fosters this coopetition because literally demand is outstripping supply in so many areas here. And we're looking at a broad array of solutions that just have to scale as fast as possible. So everybody gets to kind of link arms and cheer each other on. It's a really fun place to be and, and unique within freight because freight's historically been a backbiting, you know, cyclical tough business to be in. So I'm, I'm really happy to see the attitudes start to change among shippers. And are we seeing that? Like if we double click into the data on this report, what are we seeing shippers like learning about the problem and the solutions out there? So I think um, one thing that was really stark to me was that there's a very high level of awareness with the problem of empty miles. Like nearly every company said that they recognized that this was something that they needed to or wanted to solve within their uh, within the way that they manage transportation. And it was interesting that this was even higher with more of the VP, C-level executives. So I think first helping to bring that level of awareness to all levels of an organization, especially those who really have the power to make decisions that will drive the change to reduce empty miles. And I think it's um, powerful to see that, I think it was 70% of respondents said that their company does have a sustainability plan, whether it's a five-year plan to 20-year plan, so there are, there are major corporate commitments now and supply chain leaders at all levels of the organization have the ability to really champion progress against this because they're addressing a company's 
typical scope three missions, so a little bit more technical, but scope three missions are typically the largest category for a company to tackle. And um, bringing it down even further to solve these problems, oftentimes you have to do it in partnership with your suppliers and vendors because you don't have a lot of ownership around these emissions. So you nearly need to come up with more creative uh, partnership ideas to really tackle this together. Exactly right. And I'll give another plug for Convoy. <laughs> you guys have been a part of our carbon working group that we've kicked off this year. Um, it's a pretty selective group of shippers, 3PLs, digital marketplaces, and carriers, both large and small in different sectors and verticals, where we, FreightWaves, are trying to lead the conversation of where can we plug in data to help this problem? Uh, and let's make sure we're solving the right problem. And you guys have been a leader in that space, and we really appreciate you being involved. But what I've learned and taken away from some of those sessions has been people really are just starting to scratch the surface. We might have a corporate commitment and we might have a really good idea of where our scope one and two direct emissions live, but starting to unearth all the complexities around scope three, we are in early, early innings of how, um, of a long game <laughs> of how shippers are going to start to draft this. And I'll, I'll give you a question off this in a minute, but the SEC just came out this week and proposed a rulemaking. I'm not sure if you saw that around having publicly traded firms publish their climate disclosures, including scope one, scope two, and in some or all cases, scope three. Now we've got a 60-day public comment period. I'm sure there'll be you know, some legal pushback, but in an environment where you said 90% of the Fortune 500 in that report have climate pledges or targets or ESG metrics they're reporting, when everyone has to start reducing and disclosing their scope three emissions from freight spend, that's when this gets really tricky because we don't have the data yet. So where where are we, you know, where does Convoy view that opportunity and, and the industry at large, like fast forward five years and y'all are still putting these reports out. I hope these numbers are 100% of everybody understanding the importance of this. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I do think data is the first place to start. It's often where we start our conversations with customers as well when they're interested in starting to... Um, have a bigger investment in understanding their sustainability uh, outcomes and how to improve it. Oftentimes, they don't know what data they have access to or should have access to. Uh, so I think that's one aspect. But also the second would be data standards and integrity. And I think that's something that I found really uh, impactful with the FreightWaves Carbon Working Group to be able to start to have those conversations to understand what should standards look like so that everyone is measuring the same things. I think... Um, most people are really surprised around sustainability reporting, how there isn't uh, a standard that everyone uses today. There are multiple different frameworks, but not necessarily one go-to. And I think it'll be hugely impactful if there's one specifically for freight and how freight emissions are measured. And I've seen a, a lot of different working groups try to tackle this, today, uh, tackle this specifically this year, because I do think it is a turning point to really show the follow-through of these corporate commitments. And to actually have that follow through, you need to be able to have the right data to start from. So Convoy, yeah, we are excited to be a part of the Freight Waves Working Group. We also uh, joined one with the Smart Freight Center aligned with a 2.0 GLUC framework. So we want to be able to better understand how us as a data company can provide insights into use cases that we're seeing and collaborate as much as possible. Collaboration is key and there's lots of opportunities in our space. 
let's double click on a few things. Once we once we assume a shipper has a baseline and they've got some good data and they're measuring it, talk about some of the, the ways we we find solutions through freight procurement. You guys mentioned a few of these that shippers are pursuing in the report. Yeah, so freight procurement, I would say the the top one that we always comment on is looking at how you can reduce empty miles. So one thing that we might do uh, as a recommendation will be looking at uh, shippers' uh, RFP. So we'll look at all the lanes that they want to ship on this year. And we might make recommendations to say, you know, with Convoy's network and our understanding of our batchability for specific lanes, we could say if we were to be awarded these lanes, we could actually save you this amount of pounds of carbon emissions. So just giving them better insights and recommendations for how they can think about carrier select outside of the typical scorecard that they might be using today. Um, In addition to that, one research point that we looked into a couple of years ago was about uh, appointment windows. So seeing that when a shipper does have flexibility to offer an appointment window, so we've named this capability a green appointment window, it actually does optimize a carrier schedule where a carrier can now find batches within their schedule because they have more flexibility on the pickup and delivery times. And in doing so, again, it could reduce carbon emissions in that area as well. So there's kind of uh, two direct areas where we would typically have a conversation as just a starting point. Um, But then we're always open to exploring other ideas. We're running some exciting pilots with some customers as well. So I think there's a little bit of what can you do today to be able to reduce emissions while also starting to look at new innovations and pilots for some of the long-term impact areas that you want to see as well. Yeah, the IEA says that efficiency is our first fuel and it's really underutilized. And <laughs> that's where Convoy is trying to come in and improve it within freight. So applause for you guys. How do um, you know a lot of the other service offerings Convoy's got around your trailer pool? How does that overlap? Like, how do you overlap the batchability, which that's a great word. I'm going to start using that as one word instead of two batchability um, of freight plus like a trailer pool and then appointment windows. Does all of that work in tandem to make a driver's life easier and a shipper's emissions down? Is that how that works? It does. So we're able to use this capability of batching shipments across all types of shipments within our network. So across live shipments, drop shipments, which would be a part of our GO program, as well as even carrier self-batches that happen in our network. So when we're able to suggest a batch uh, to a load that a carrier has already picked, uh, that's another way that we're trying to drive more efficiency across the network as well. Perfect. And we see solutions were alive when I was a broker 15 years ago. (laughs) Uh, Thank you guys for supporting the show and the program and really just getting all of this information out so we can can all continue to learn and and grow and make strides towards a net zero future, which is the goal of of everybody here. So thank you. We appreciate your time. We'll definitely check back in on some pilots you have going on and the working group outcomes and how the NFT museum's going. We'd love to have you back on soon. Excellent. Thanks for having me today. Thanks. See ya. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. 